Gay SA Radio, where you are family. In this series, we listen to the discussions that were held during the South African LGBTI Business Summit, setting an LGBTI economic empowerment agenda. The summit was held at the Equinox Center at the Absa Capital in Santon in Johannesburg on Tuesday the 11th of September 2018. The purpose of this inaugural South African LGBTI Business Summit is to position LGBTI economic muscle in the business sphere by making a strong business case for the economic inclusion of LGBTI people and, by doing that, open up new business and other economic empowerment opportunities for LGBTI people. Discussions during the summit will demonstrate how this can be done, identify opportunities to make it happen and craft strategies to overcome obstacles. In session 9, the topic was envisioning the possibility of LGBTI economic empowerment. These concluding remarks highlight the need for good corporate citizenship and for companies to respond in new ways to renew the fragmented social contract in South Africa as it relates to companies' social license to do good business, with particular reference to LGBTI economic empowerment. It's always interesting talking politics, isn't it? Because I guess everybody has a different opinion on everything that works. Sims' idea and beliefs on this whole thing, basically, it's all on the back. Um, and I guess that's why you need summits like this, because we're all here to speak about our own opinions and beliefs independently. We're all individuals with a different look at uh, things around the world, at things in life, about the way we live our daily lives. And we can always learn from somebody else's difference in opinion going forward. Um, it's been an interesting discussion. I mean, not once did I ever nod off. And I think that's important when it comes to what many would refer to as a talk shop. I mean, that's what summits are called. But uh, the varied opinions and discussions about this issue it was so interesting that I think uh, it, it makes you think about it differently. It gave you an idea of uh, the situation and what we're looking at um, in a totally different way. You know, something you wouldn't have generally thought about sitting at home when you decided to attend this summit. At the end of it, I'm going to wrap up uh, exactly what we've discussed, the way going forward. But before we get to that, uh, let's hear from the keynote speaker of uh, today's summit. And I just want to give a little background on why we're actually calling her the keynote speaker. It's mainly because of everything she's achieved uh, in her life. And, and we want to be inspired by an entrepreneur, a business person, not just someone who's a member of the LGBTI community. Because uh, in a nutshell, overall, ultimately, this is about business. And it is about making a difference in society as a business entrepreneur. Uh, Puti Mahaniele is South Africa's business executive. She's the chief executive officer of uh, Sigma Capital. She was included, get this, in the Wall Street Journal's list of top 50 women in the world in, uh, to watch in 2008. That tells you she's been making waves for a long time. That tells you that uh, she, uh, her, her reach goes beyond our borders for the Wall Street Journal to actually recognize her. Uh, she was also recognized as the leading African woman in business in 2012. And 
Here's another thing that has me on the floor. Uh, she was also chosen as the Forbes Woman Africa Businesswoman of the Year in 2014. So it is, of course, with great esteem, privilege, honor that we actually get to hear from her today and give us the keynote address at South Africa's first LGBTI summit, business summit. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everyone. It's wonderful to be here. Hi. <laughs> um, so, Shagesha called me last night and said, Puti Bona. <laughs> I've got a conference. Nikki can make it. Nikki Newton King, who was supposed to be here, the CEO of the JSC. Uh, so, you're going to be there. And all I said was, okay. <laughs> because that's what you say to Shagesha. <laughs> you don't like, um, you know. Um, so, but, but thank you. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it really, um, it, it, it's wonderful to, to be a part of this community and, and to talk to you uh, because this is actually the first time that, that I have this conversation with the LGBTI community. Um, and, you know, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm really thankful for, for this. So, Shagesha, as much as, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it might have seen, you know, uh, been a bit of a, you know, uh, a push, but, it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful. So just looking at the, the, the previous conversation, um, and, and Dawn spoke about exclusion. And I think certainly for me, um, exclusion is something that I have without a doubt, um, you know, confronted. And I think when, um, you know, when we heard earlier from, from Sim, I was kind of like in my seat, sort of like pushing back. <laughs> um, but, you know, as, uh, as, as, when, as, when, as was mentioned, um, he is uh, an agent provocateur, however you pronounce that, you know. Um, but, you know, um, so, and, and I say this because of the challenges that I have experienced um, as, as, as a black woman. So, what I'll tell you is that in 1989, um, my parents sent me to, to the U.S. To, to go and study for my undergrad university. Um, I was two years old. <laughs> um, and um, so, in, so, so when I, I, I then left there, um, I, you know, I, I did the, it was a four-year degree and I happened to finish what I was supposed to do in three years. But I decided I was going to stay there for four years because it gave me an opportunity to learn about two areas that I hadn't been able to learn about in South Africa at that time. And one was on learning about homosexuality. I didn't know anything. I hadn't learned anything about that. Um, and number two, I had to learn about black writers. I, I needed to know the history of, of us as African people. I hadn't learned that in school in South Africa because then we were learning about the Furtreka or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, so, so, so it was a wonderful year and I, I took courses and, you know, and, and learned a lot. So it, it, it was a wonderful first four years, uh, well, you know, the four years of my undergrad degree. But, you know, I thought that what I would do today is, is really just um, focus on, on this area that I've been asked to focus on, which is the, the business side. Um, of this. And I guess for many instances, it can appear as something that is almost undoable. And that is to, to start a business. And the area of business that I'd like to focus on is more on the 
small and medium-sized type enterprises. Um, and somebody was mentioning um, earlier, yeah, uh, the gentleman in the back there, uh, that you know, you're running um, a business um, that, that is uh, more small or medium-sized. Um, and, and, and because this is such a, it's a different area to, to, to be able to run a business in, I think to, to be in big corporate is, is by far the easiest thing that you can do. Once you're a professional, you get into that and, and you know, get moved into uh, different roles and all of that. And, and I've had the, 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 the good fortune of being able to do that, both when I was in New York working for Fieldstone and also here in South Africa in the various organizations that I've, I've worked for. The last one having been uh, Shanduka and now uh, Sigma Capital, which I founded in 2015. Um, but, you know, I think to start a business from, from, from scratch is, is, is without a doubt the most difficult thing that anybody can do. Um, in my case, um, I found it a lot easier because I think the biggest issue in business is really, um, you know, what, what you form in terms of relationships. Um, because you're constantly interacting with people. So whether it's a supplier who can give you product at the right price or whether it's, you know, a customer, whatever the case is, regulations, um, you know, it's, it's helpful when, you, when you've got the, the, the relationships. But I thought I'd just go into a bit more statistics, uh, just, you know, just looking at a bit more uh, of issues that, that uh, affect the LGBTI people and um, just look, I looked at the index and I saw that there's an index that's, going, that's looking at employment equity that was just launched um, last night or was it uh, today? It's been launched today, yeah. I saw an article that came out just, um, the, it came out earlier in the year actually. Um, but in any case, um, this is the Worldwide Workplace Index uh, compiled by Silver Swan Recruitment uh, and South Africa in that ranked as number 26 in the world for LGBT workers, um, you know, and I, you know, um, I, I don't think that one can, you know, necessarily applaud at this stage. I think it's a work in progress. You know, it just shows that there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, the average salary and you know equality of LGBTI people um, in the country. Um, uh, was rated as being in the top 30 in a study that included 75 countries. So there's clearly still, you know, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Um, Cape Town beaches, of course, uh, were voted sixth best in the world. Um, and, you know, in addition to being uh, LGBTI friendly, South Africa uh, holds a score of 68 out of 100 in a handy data website that measures safety for gay, lesbian, bisexual and trans gender people um, in, in different countries. Um, and based on this tool, South Africa scored four marks for marriage equality, sexual activity laws, and anti-discrimination laws. So, you know, I then went, went further and had a look at corporations that are supporting LGBTI um, communities around the world um, and, and came across uh, the, the workplace pride um, and, and, and saw some, you know, really large organizations that, that, that are pushing. And, you know, the, the issue is to make sure that we can have the same happening here in South Africa as well. I know that Bunang Mohali from Shell South Africa, you know, has, um, I think he must, might have spoken at um, perhaps some presentations, but I, I saw some things um, of, of him speaking. So, you know, it, it shows that within Shell, it's, it's, it's within the whole continent. I would presume that with PwC and other organizations that are presented here in South Africa, that the same is happening. Because if it's not, that's something that needs to be pushed as well. 
to make sure that there is the same voice that you have in the US is happening right here in, in South Africa as well. And then to look at other organizations because as the LBGTI community, you are buyers and sellers and you know you are part of the community. And you know it's important that you are represented just as important as it is for anybody else to, to, to be represented. And so you know I think it's it's important that, that we are focused on making sure that you know we are pushing the organizations that we're working for if we're in corporate or if we're in enterprises small and medium-sized enterprises that we can push those enterprises uh to, to 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 move further but i guess at the end of the day it is about standing out and that's what i found i found that you know you know and i i, I had a bit of a problem when um you mentioned earlier um, the issue of going to the hair salon and, um, and you know, and, and, and uh, sort of behaving a little bit differently. I think, you know, you are who you are. You know, I can't change the fact that I'm black. I can't switch it off and on, you know. Um, I am always black. So, so the, the issue is, 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 is to be able to, to stand out and, and to make a name for yourself and, and to really be able to pull. Um, you know, and, and to be respected for who you really are, wherever you are. And I think that is something that, that is really important. Um, and so from that perspective, you know, I think it's, it's important that we're able to, to, to keep pushing. And I think one person um, who certainly is part of what I, I see here as being the change um, in the world is somebody like Tim Cook at, at Apple. Um, who stands out as, you know, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, Apple, um, and, and, and has come out and, you know, and, 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 and so the, the issue is to really be able to, to continue to lead and, and being true to, to who you really are. Um, and, you know, but at the end of the day, not everybody is going to be leading uh, a Fortune 500 organization or a top 10 JSE organization Whatever organization it is that you're leading, make sure that, that you're pushing it uh, to the best of, of your capabilities. So if, if I look at different opportunities, I, I, I had a look um, that at, at, at different businesses. Because I think for you know, um, LGBTI uh, people to be able to lead, you also need to own. You know? I don't think you can lead and not be owning. Uh, you know, your enterprise or your business, whatever this, the case is. So I had a look at different sectors that, um, that, 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 you know, I think will continue to, to, to be uh, pushers um, in, in the economy. One is the food and beverages. Um, you know, having been involved when I was uh, the CEO of Shanduka, we owned a Coca-Cola bottling company and also McDonald's. And so I know food and beverages is a business to be in and it will continue to be a business that that is a leader but the issue is on affordability as as i mentioned there that you you know you you need to be able to manage the costs uh, because i think when you look at the economy of south africa we've gone from a growth of what is it three percent to now 1.7 percent and it actually reduced even further by another 0.7 percent um and you know so, so so we're you know now in a, in a recession at the end of the day we know that you do still need 
uh, food and beverages, you know. And when you look around at beverages, you see that there's many um, much more affordable beverages that people have come up with, you know, um, apart from Coca-Cola. And, you know, even though back in the days when I was still at Chanduka, I would never mention any other uh, product except, co uh, you know, Coca-Cola. But, you know, at the end of the day, people will find something that is affordable that they can, you know, uh, be able to, to, to feed themselves with. Education is another area. This is a critical area in South Africa where many people are looking for affordable um, education, but they're looking for good quality education. We need to be finding different ways in which people can be educated. I attended a conference uh, some time ago where there was this lady who came and she was with the children. So at the end of the conference, you know, people asked questions. Um, and these kids were also putting up their hands. So I was thinking, well, okay, when I saw her with them, I kind of assumed maybe, you know, she was running late and picked up the kids, couldn't drop them off at home. Uh, now they're asking questions. Um, and not only did they ask questions, but they had good questions to ask. Um, so later on, after the conference, I went to her and met the kids and um, was kind of, I was, I was quite curious. And she told me, no, 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 um, her kids were not in, you know, any uh, school, um, and she was teaching her kids at home. Um, and as part of their education, she takes them with her to conferences, they look at various issues that they're busy studying, and they go there and they participate, you know, as, you know, as any individual who's paid to access that, that, that conference. And, you know, it just speaks to just the importance of education in whatever form. Education is just so critical. And I think in an environment like South Africa, there are so many opportunities for those who are in the space to be able to create businesses that will help South Africans who are trying to, to bring up uh, children or trying to get educated as adults. Um, I care. Um, for those of us who wear contact lenses, we can relate with this. You know, I think... That's, that's a, a, another area. Uh, building and construction supplies. We know that uh, building and construction um, has, is an industry that has been in the doldrums for a while in South Africa. Um, but, you know, it's not about being a part of a big construction uh, business, but it's looking at different services that can be provided within that industry. <coughs> And then apart from that, in telecoms, I mean, you know, when you look at Vox and many other businesses that have been started up and have grown into significant uh, businesses, um, the, the opportunities are there. I know that with uh, the private equity fund that, that I run now, um, that's, we, we're busy looking at um, funding into a, a small uh, startup uh, telecoms business. Uh, beauty and cosmetics, I mean... We'll always need beauty and cosmetics, you know, just like we need food. So, you know, um, that, that's another area. Whether you are looking at producing products or whether you are looking at ways in which people can be, you know, enjoying themselves. Um, there are different things that the market, markets are always looking at different products that can be availed to them. And I think for us as people who are living in this continent, we know the environment. It's for us to be able to come up with the products that are required by the consumers of this nation, rather than waiting for products to come in uh, from, from overseas. In the automotive sector, um, as you'll see, there are fewer people are buying new cars in this current financial climate, um, and they're hanging on to their older models. Um, and so those aged vehicles now no longer have the, um, what is it, when you, 
the motor plans exactly so now you know it's, it's a whole process of where do they get their parts and their repairs and you know all of that in a way that it makes people comfortable is affordable all of that i think if there's one thing that's for sure is that being able to present a business that is affordable to people is good quality is something that will be important um, for the long term and so i think from that perspective it's it's important for us to be looking at at various industries where we can supply now the question one might ask is oh this, this is all very it's, it's great do i just set up print my business cards do i you know um we know it's not easy right um and you know i think even for for me having come from big corporates to starting my own business i found it was hard um, it, it's amazing how when you work for a big company or, you, you know, you work with certain people, um, when you're in the market, you're received very differently. Wait until you leave. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll find a different uh, reception. And so, you know, starting up, um, and, and, and I remember in, you know, in Chanduka, we, um, we ran a part of the business, which is now part of the Suramaposa Foundation, um, called Black Umbrellas, which is focused on entrepreneurs. Um, and so we, you know, we're always telling entrepreneurs, you know, start up these businesses. And I remember I would say, this is, guys, come on. It's just common sense, you know. You just go to a bank, raise the capital, you know, start the business, you know, get this thing moving, you know. Um, until I had to start my own. Um, and, and that was a, it was another experience. I have a lot more respect um, in, in, in terms of, of, of business startups. So we know that it, it, it is tough. Um, and, and going through long periods of not earning um, an income um, is, I think, the most difficult part of it. Um, but without a doubt, um, it, it is key um, that if you are passionate and focused on creating a new business and you believe that you, with this business you can make a change in the market, um, that you can stay focused on it. Um, and, and, and continue to, to, to develop the business over the long term. What I often say is that, you know, whilst you're working, perhaps save up some money so that you can be able to at least pay your expenses in those dry periods leading up to the business being able to start making money. Um, and, 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 and then once you start, you know, growing, you, you, you then are able to, to take it from there. And I guess even with growth, it presents its own challenges. Because there are people that you'll bring into your business who like a startup type environment. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's different, a startup type environment, because you're not going to put lots of laws and, you know, sort of legislation around how you do business and all of this. Um, it's more about getting that, you know, getting that rand on the table. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is also about being able to, to create a sustainable business. So, what, what often happens um, and what I've seen happen is that from a startup period when you then go into being a more established business and you have to now introduce certain ways of engaging with uh, parties, whether it's your shareholders or whatever, then you start to see people leaving. Um, I remember that with, with Shanduka, so when we started with, with that business, we started out as a happy crowd. It was wonderful. Every Friday we had a mega party. <coughs> Awesome stuff. It was really, really wonderful. And, you know, and then as the business started to grow, um, we had to start introducing different ways of doing things, you know. Like, you know, we, we can't have the chairman 
or the CEO of the company dancing on the table, like, you know, guys, you can't be taking somebody's shoes and putting alcohol and making them find it, you know, all of those things. But, you know, so, so, so what happened was that as we grew um, into a medium-sized firm, um, we then started to see people leave. Um, and not because they didn't like the company, but just because they enjoyed being in more of a startup type of organization more than being in a corporate. And, and they were saying, look, I left corporate to be in a startup because I like being in this type of environment. I don't like being in this big corporate type of environment. So that introduced other elements. It meant that we had to bring in people who would be comfortable being in a corporate type organization because by then we'd grown to a business of over 10 billion rand, and so in NAV terms, and so we, we had to run things in a more responsible way. Um, and, and, and so from that perspective, um, the culture in, in the organization had to change. And so that's, that's what you'll see as well as you grow your business that you know, it will get to that stage. I think with this business that, that we've started, I've already decided on the next, you know, what, what, what will happen next. I, you know, fortunately, I'm not, I'm not, you know, looking to become like a great CEO or anything um, in, any longer. So I'm, all I want is just to make sure that we can find the right people um, who can lead this business as, as, as we're moving forward. Um, so, yeah, we, we've started our business. We've raised money for our fund. We're investing into other businesses. And, you know, and I'm hoping that I'm, I'm using what I learned in other businesses to be able to grow um, our business um, and also to generate the type of culture that you want to see um, in your business. Um, so, yeah, I think starting a, a business is not easy by far. Um, but, you know, I think as uh, Alice Walker um, once said, uh, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to start something, first you have to believe itself. Believe that you can do it. And, 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 and go out there and give it a try. I wouldn't say go and do it without any planning, but certainly give it a try. Um, I've seen it work, and um, I know that many of us need to do this if we're going to be pushing this economy forward. Thank you. Good to end off in words of encouragement after all of the problems that we heard, that we encounter in this journey. Um, there's so many things to do, but so little time. So I'm going to try and wrap this up as soon as possible. We're going to get Lee Francis from APSA to come and uh, give us closing remarks uh, just now. But let's again recognize the uh, sponsors who made this uh, possible, the summit possible in particular. Uh, we have EY, we have APSA, of course, Uber as well, quite uh, prominent in this, even moderating at one point. So it's not just a company that's sponsoring, very active as well. Uh, Shell and LGBT uh, Plus Forums, just some of the sponsors that we saw today. APSA, we can only thank you again and again and again for the venue, for the catering, for hosting us uh, like true celebs, because <laughs> I think everybody wants to be treated properly when they go to any event. So 
I'll come back and, and give closing remarks about what we've discussed, where we're ending up after Lee Francis. So final words from me, and you are absolutely welcome. It's been a pleasure to host you today. So hopefully you've enjoyed um, the event. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the team behind the scenes who have made this work. So thank you very much for them. Um, so just final words, because I know it's running late. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention this morning, but I think it's probably more prominent now when I listen to some of the conversations that's taking place. In ABSA, we're a little bit obsessed by something called Africanacity. Um, you've probably seen that, but let me just explain to you why we're obsessed with this and what it means. And it talks about an African ability to always find a way to get things done. Okay, and you might have seen that in some of our recent advertising. But if I think about some of the things that we've spoken about today, actually that sums up exactly what it is we're trying to achieve. We've spoken about connecting with each other in the last session. Um, we've spoken about joining hands. We've spoken about being collaborative. And we've spoken about sharing resources. So whether we're part of a corporate um, such as ABSA or one of the other sponsors or you know, small to medium to largest type businesses, actually if we join hands together, um, then actually that's really how we're going to take this forward. And that's that Africanacity piece that I just want to finish with. So that's my final words. Um, so thank you to the other foundation once again for allowing us to be part of this. Um, also plus the LGBTI Business Network and the other sponsors. Um, it's really, really been awesome. And I'm hoping that uh, most of us are going to be heading over to EY um, very soon. I know we're running late. Um, and look forward to seeing the results of the South African Workplace Equality Index later, which we've seen little snippets of, but yeah, we're looking forward to seeing that. So, last, that's it from me. Thank you very much for coming, and I'll hand back to you to finish off. Thank you. All right, guys. So, it's hard to sum something like this up because people will agree and disagree on what we spoke about. But we set out a goal to put up a good, conclusive business model as to why it's relevant for the LGBTI community to be recognized when it comes to doing business in South Africa. Uh, we raised questions about the economic impact and power and muscle we have to flex 53 million uh, buy power that the community has by power. Uh, we also know that, uh, you know, when it comes to work ethic, somehow people in the community are overachievers because of the oppression we faced growing up. We couldn't be ourselves uh, growing up in our families because we were too afraid. So uh, lots of us left home at an early age, studied and pushed through to be successful. It was somehow meant to compensate for the small oppression, some would say, compared to apartheid that we suffered during apartheid as well. Um, the goal was to start the dialogue and discussion on the way forward. I think we managed to do that by putting each other in touch with how we can help each other out as businesses when it comes to linking up LGBTI uh, businesses. We also met to talk about the political and human rights aspects uh, that this requires. The Human Rights uh, Commission was here. Gail Smith spoke about how the equity report is actually looking at the smaller side to a BE, for instance, and how uh, we should be recognized uh, in terms of, you know, getting that extra, and I don't want to call it special because it's not special, uh, getting that recognition that we require when it comes to BE, which currently our laws don't 
legitimize or uh, as we want it to be recognized. So the Human Rights Commission is looking at putting that forward to government. Government has been given 90 days to respond. We know we're getting some sort of uh, leeway into how this is going in terms of legislation. Now that we have facts on the way forward, now that we know that there are organizations like PLUS to put us in touch with each other, organizations like the Other Foundation that also will help entrepreneurs, uh, you know, aspire to be successful, we need to use it. And again, I'll remind you to become a member of PLUS. Uh, the forms are all over uh, the place. You had it in your diaries as well. Fill it in. Uh, submit it to uh, Anzio at the front when you're leaving. Um, it's important to get connected and not complain that the summit was here just for us to talk and now we don't know what to do. PLUS is going to work very hard to connect people, to connect businesses, um, so that we can take the conversation forward, because this is just the start, really. You can't, in nine hours, think of a plan to uh, get an, a so-called BTI Chamber of Commerce going because that's not going to happen. Uh, the input that the moderators gave, and we'll put them up on screen now, was incredible. The panelists as well, giving us insights into businesses, into different aspects that will help us uh, go going forward into how to actually make us inclusive. Because that's what it is. It's a new door to LGBTI inclusivity in the business sector. That's the way I look at it, and this is the starting point. There's lots of people to thank here today. The other foundation uh, in particular for also driving this uh, particular summit, Shikeshe. Uh, you're, of course, <laughs> going out of your way to make everything seamless. I mean, nobody wants to be recognized specifically for these because we're doing it for a good cause. Uh, Neville as well. I mean, I met with them before coming here. And it's, it's, it's great to meet people with passion. They're not doing this for money, because business people generally have to have a good idea to make money. They're there to help those people actually be successful. Uh, Tendai, everybody behind the scenes, guys, thanks so much, appreciate it. Then, of course, plus Dean, Andrea, Andrea, words of encouragement before this even started uh, got me going. It gave me the encouragement that I needed to look outside the box, to uh, think in a way that's uh, forward thinking. You, know, you opened up my mind even before the summit started. And if you guys spoke to each other, uh, you would have noticed that that is the case. That was what the summit was about, connecting. Um, I'm trying to find the one thing that I will take away. It's Lindiwe Sikali. I mentioned it again. You said we are equal, but are different. And that the first thing we must uh, used to is to get married to that difference. Whether you recognize um, your difference and how you recognize your difference is up to you. Because we're all individuals. You use your difference in whatever way you want. Some people might not want to be, uh, you know, separatist, segregated even further as an LGBTI community. Others would want to. We want the advantage of that, given the work we've put in, given the oppression that endured uh, along this journey. So you can do with it whatever you want to. 
Uh, EY, of course, uh, 102 Rivonia Road, that's where you're going to get the results of this index. It's quite interesting because some of the figures were mentioned. It's the South African Workplace Equality Index report launch. It's the first of its kind, and it's, of course, uh, something that will give us a better idea as to the power and numbers we have in the workplace in terms of LGBTI and numbers. Then you can go to companies and say, hey, we know the figures, you need to start acting. Andrea, again said we need to push the agenda where companies are held accountable. We can't expect to talk about it here and not go back to our own companies and CEOs and NGOs and unions even who are here and not tell them to start doing something about it. Companies need a framework for LGBTI uh, workers. They need to start pushing this agenda. They need to stop saying to us that it costs too much or we don't have the money to hire people to do it. Uh, Puti, you mentioned doing work with businesses. I hope you include the LGBTI community in that and take that consideration. You have the power to do that. You don't need a board to tell you to do this. You don't need workers to tell you to do it. And that's how you actually start the conversation. Let me end with this. And it's something that I read while I was doing research for uh, the summit because I want to end on words of encouragement. And, and it's something that comes from the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights. He says... If we are to achieve faster global progress towards equality for lesbian, gay, bi, trans and intersex people, business will not only have to meet their human rights responsibilities, they must become active agents of change. Let's all be those active agents of change, wherever we are, whichever company we work in. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for participating. I mean, your input, of course, is something that we value. And thanks for attending. I hope to see you guys soon. Yeah? This is Gay Essay Radio's coverage of the South African LGBTI Business Summit.